I love it. They play it over and over and over. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> all the time. Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. It's an honor to have you with us. Got some exciting news for you. I've got a new book coming out in February of 2018 called Better Together. Surprising insights for introverts, extroverts, free spirits, people pleasers, and curmudgeons, and especially you. Uh, It's a great opportunity for me to share some of my struggles with being an introvert and also the individualistic issues we all deal with in our world that seem to be pulling us further apart from one another and the amazing way that God uses together as a way to cure uh, the issues in our life, how we is really the cure for me. So I'd love for you to check that out. You can find that uh, through my website, PastorRustyGeorge.com, or on Amazon, or Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold, and pre-order it for February 6th. Okay, so sitting here backstage with Mike Bro, fresh off the Sunday evening service. It's uh, right before Christmas as we're recording this. You're going to hear some noise around us because we're setting up for Christmas services, but Mike, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of time. Yeah, man. Uh, it's Christmas, so tell us your favorite Christmas song. My favorite Christmas song? Oh, man. I don't, I don't really know. I, got, I love lots of, of Christmas songs. I was telling the guys tonight, I listen, I listen to Christmas music starting right after Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I dial Sirius XM to the Holly Station. Oh, love I listen it. to it all the time. Yeah. And the song I got stuck in my head, it's not my favorite one, but I got stuck in my head last week was... You're a mean one. <laughs> I've been singing it for Stink, two weeks. Stink, stunk. <laughs> yeah. I can't get that one out of my head. It's not my favorite, but I can't. It's the one that I've is been a good singing. one. What I've been singing, man. That is a good one. Uh, I recently got into jazz a little bit, and yeah. I I love the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Dun, 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 yeah, and every best, song man. on there is so good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just great. My favorite so. Christmas album. It's, I love I love Chicago has a Christmas album which is really really good. Do they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. James Taylor Christmas album though. Well, yeah, yeah you can't beat that. It's just, it's just good, man. Once I hear that opening and see him and uh, oh yeah, he was born to sing "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." It's perfect. It's so good. It's a man. perfect yeah. rendition. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about the idea of that we're better together than we are alone, and this has been so much of your life, uh, and now you're living it, especially right now in Ventura because yeah. at the time of the recording uh, the fire is still going on out right. there and as a result of it coming so close into Ventura I know you were evacuated right. um, a lot of people's lives were affected by that and Mission Church yeah. the church that your uh, daughter and son-in-law helped launch and we had a part in helping launch it has just done such a great job in the community I mean it truly is better together yeah. by having them there. Tell us yeah. some of the stories coming well, out of that. It's it's been cool. I mean the church started with community. I mean that's right. They they showed up, uh, you know, six people with a dream. Uh, they were they were tight friends and they were doing life together. They said, "Why don't we just do life together in the middle of a town and yeah. get other people to join us doing life together?" And right. Right. That's really the way it's gone. I mean it's 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 been intentional, but it's also been organic of of here's some people that just got a passion in their life that you can tell they love God and they love people. I want to be a part of that community. Right. And it's just grown and grown and grown. So it was really cool when, when this fire thing happened, uh, which actually stopped just three blocks from my house. And we evacuated, like you said, at four o'clock in the morning. And uh, then we went directly to Mission Church and they had already set up a shelter hmm. for people and became a donation center and a distribution center for people in need. They did that in conjunction with the city, which I thought was kind of cool that the city called a five-year-old church and say, are you guys doing anything except we're already on it? 
I mean, because they had a reputation that we help people. We right. were about people. And uh, it was amazing uh, to watch what happened over the, over the past week or, or two now. Uh, people brought stuff from everywhere. They, they'd be yeah. in an old movie theater, old 16 cinema theater. And uh, 12 of the theaters aren't used. They're just kind of smaller theaters. But we, we cleaned them all out because they had a bunch of junk in there from the past. We threw them in two dumpsters, filled up two dumpsters with junk, mm. and then filled all those theaters with pet food, people <laughs> food. Uh, three theaters were full of bottled water because we oh, were in a boil water thing. Uh, clothing, uh, toiletries. I mean, anything you could imagine that people needed. Mm. was there and thousands of people came through to get supplies and needs the next few days well on, on into a week actually uh it was pretty cool to see them swing in action but to see that aspect of like you're talking about better together mm. how people came together and just served each other right it made you think when you're doing the whole thing man this is why god put us on the planet yeah you know to to love him right and out of our overflow of love for him that we just love and serve each other right and I could just tell that people were having a blast yeah. taking care of each other. It was it was really something. Right now we got a family living with us, you yeah. know, and uh, that's that's the way it is, though, man. We're just, right. We do life together, right? So, so, oh, that's great. Well, it is interesting the whole element of community that it's not draining. It's it's energizing. Oh, it is, man. When you get to serve in that capacity and have people in need that you get to help, and it's just amazing. So I know that you've been heavily involved with some uh, groups out there at Mission Church and in your previous churches as yeah, well, right. especially some step study groups, right, right. some recovery groups, and you've seen the power of community that have brought, right. brought healing to those with addictions and hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Sure. Talk about that side of the journey that you've been yeah, on. Yeah, for, for me, um, it's spiritual formation. And when, right. I, when I look at the steps and stuff, the you know, 12-step programs and other programs and going that's just spiritual formation that's that's god changing us from the inside out and it begins with brokenness and goes all the way through you know with uh, forgiveness and making amends and surrender and telling your story and Mm. it's i mean i will look at that and go that's spiritual formation and i'm and i'm not just a guy spouting that guys like dallas willard that's what they've been saying all along that's that's what it is in fact i was talking to a, a buddy of mine one day and he said, uh, he said he just immersed him as a pastor. He said, I just immersed myself in a 12-step group. I got a sponsor and everything. He goes, because I just want to experience that. Right. And this is the guy who writes on spiritual formation. So we were talking. He says, you know, for years at the churches that I would serve, we would uh, like a- let AA have a, have a room in the basement yep. of the church and pray that someday what happened in the auditorium would trickle down to the basement. <laughs> he goes, now I pray what happens in the basement will trickle up to the auditorium <laughs> because right. people are doing life in community, just honest, right. vulnerable, courageous community. Right. And because of that community, people find healing. Right. And then that healing, you know, points them toward the source of healing, which is, of course, we know is Jesus Christ. But, right. you know, God never intended us to heal or do life alone. Right. And it's that community, that honest community aspect I think it's Brene Brown who said that stuff like shame cannot survive mm. uh, vulnerability. When you're vulnerable in a community, right. it's just like weight falls off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You feel like, you know what, most of us are like the rest of us. Right. Uh, you're you're kind of messed up too, aren't right. you? And it's just a good good to be in a journey like that. You've been greatly influenced by her writing, haven't you? I yeah. Mean, you, oh, you yeah. quote her a lot. Yeah. Uh, and she's a tremendous writer. Yeah, she uh, is. What do you recommend from her? What's oh, I love. What have you learned the most? <laughs> well, I, I can't remember all the book the book titles, but she's got a bunch of them. And uh, the first one I ever read was "The Gift of Imperfection," 
And it's just like, yeah, it's okay to be you. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have your story and own right. your story. Because if you don't own your story, your story ends up owning you. Right. And you, you go through life playing a victim of your story. Just own it and go, you know, God, where do you want to take me from here? Right. Uh, that was one of the first books I read, a book about the wilderness. I can't remember the exact title of it, but that's really good as well. Uh, I just kind of like the the honesty. She's kind of raw too. I kind she is. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that that's that's been good good for me too. But you know, just just hanging out with hanging out with guys and, and doing steps myself. And right. my dad was a, a, a recovering alcoholic, compulsive gambler. So a lot of my life is spent just trying to kind of work through that stuff. And I've had a lot of friends uh, that have been in that same boat. And so. Some of my best friends are guys in recovery. In fact, I lead a little Bible study on Monday morning. Tomorrow morning, I'll meet with right. them for breakfast, and every one of them right. is, you know, is uh, you know, all the way from three years clean to seven days clean. You know, right. and it's just cool to see them find healing in the context of community. And uh, I, one guy in particular in the group, my buddy Keith, just to watch his incredible transformation, mm-hmm. and most of that has been because people embraced him for who he was not what he used to do and what right how he used to be mm-hmm. said come on man you're part of us let's grow together and it's been really remarkable to watch that and a lot of his journey is in the book that you helped him write yeah. and tell us the name of that and where yeah, that's a whole it. book called just breathe it's a keith repult uh jen oaks a good friend of ours uh helped write his story mm-hmm. and then i wrote the second half of the book just about here's some steps you can take mm-hmm. to find some freedom to, to kind of push off the bottom of the surface and break through the top and breathe again right and uh hopefully it's helpful to people it's cool to read keith's story he was the second largest porn distributor in the united states and mm-hmm. uh very successful at what he did and sometimes we look at people like they go man how disgusting a person that is mm-hmm. and but you don't know their story how they right. got there right and uh, and to listen to Keith's story and to know where God has brought him today is pretty mm. pretty remarkable so I'd, I'd highly recommend it. it's an easy read right and uh, it's I think it's for me reading this story is riveting right it's like I gotta read another chapter man right it's kind of like watching a mini series you're going you got one more episode in you <laughs> yeah, that's the way I feel like when I read a story binge watching 24 yeah, or something right, like right. that Okay, so this is kind of where I want to spend the rest of our time. One of the things I've always just kind of been astonished or not not surprised, but I've marveled at in your life is how much your kids and grandkids, though they leave home, they keep wanting to come back to home. <laughs> uh, and you either chase them around the country or they chase you, yeah. but wherever you guys are, they still love to hang out at mom and dad's house. And I think all of us who are raising kids, we long for the day they leave, but we can't wait for them to return. Yeah. And we want to create such a home that kids want to come back to, to where we're constantly better together. So were there things that you and Debbie decided early on, we want to do this and make this a practice so that that will happen? Was it a natural outflow? Was it just kind of accidental-like? Yeah, uh, yeah. To use one of your favorite words, right, right? Or did you strategize that at all? Or tell me some of your thinking that got to this point. Well, uh, I, I say it was intentional. I mean, early on as a dad, I was probably, probably twenty-five, and I sat down. I had, I had really uh, experience. Yeah, I've been speaking a lot, and I was mm. working on a message. I was at the St. Louis Airport at Gate 34. I mean, you, know, mm. you have those defining moments in your life mm-hmm. where you remember it. And I was I was working on a message because I was when I got home, I had to preach that weekend. And it was on family stuff. Yep. I felt like God said, "What are you going to say? <laughs> like, you haven't been home for three weeks." <laughs> so you know, I, I I sat down when I got back, and I and I wrote all these paragraphs about what it means to be a great dad, what it means to be a great mm. husband, what it means to be a 
great leader, what it means to be a great friend, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I kind of wrote that picture of what I want my life to look like. And I read it a lot as a young dad into a middle-aged dad, now a granddad. I still look at that stuff and go, mm-hmm. that's who I want to be. That's With God's help, that's who I want to be. So there was some intentionality in, in, in it as well. But I have, like, the greatest wife on the planet. Mm-hmm. And she is, I mean, she is the most Jesus-like person I've ever met. And most people will tell you the same thing. She really is that special. And she uh, she has a gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, not in a way, not in a HGTV Martha Stewart kind of way. <laughs> uh, she does paper plates and, you know, plastic forks right. and stuff. But even today, I mean, I, I left the last service this morning at Real Life. I drove back home and I fired up the grill and we had 40 people in our house. Mm. And it was just a zoo of kids and people having a blast and running around and singing mm. happy birthday to people. And it was uh, it was something else, man. But it happens every week. Yeah, and It's been happening every week since we've been married. Right. Her, her grandma did it, her mom did it Sunday afternoon. So we've had our house open on Sunday afternoons mm. as long as I can remember. And whoever family would come and whoever else showed up could be a friend, could be somebody we met at church. Yeah. So one time I, I invited the waitress and her boyfriend at a restaurant and I didn't tell Debbie and the doorbell rang and <laughs> she answered the door and said, hi. She said, hey, Mike told us to come to lunch. Said, well, come on in. I mean, this stuff happened all the time like that. And it's just kind of, we decided that's going to be our life. That's going to be our lifestyle. We want right. to create this environment where we got a home that's much more important than having a really nice house. Mm. And uh, I even I even like having a nice house. I like I kind of got a hobby, you know. I like to remodel. Right. I mean, Debbie teased me all the time. So you are Chip and Joanna. You know, <laughs> I, I gotta do both. I like I like both. That I like to do construction stuff and I like to buy pillows. You know? uh, I mean, that's just kind of the way. I'm just being being real. Um, <laughs> it's a new side of you. Yeah, but I, but I don't. But I I don't get stressed out about it. It's like if they want to. If they want to take the cushions and make a fort out of them, go for it, you know. Yeah. If they want to jump up and down on the bed, you know, we just made it's okay. I'd, I'd rather them enjoy the home. And when I, when I, it's so cool to go home on a Sunday afternoon and see all these kids playing mm-hmm. and people having conversation around this table, people having conversation around this table, and two guys that I barely know taking a nap on the couch. <laughs> you know, it's just like I feel like we have a home and not a really super nice house that nobody can come to. And right. I think you just have to have that intentional attitude that you want to build an environment mm. where kids want to be and they want to bring their friends. And mm-hmm. I, you know, by the grace of God and by the grace of Debbie, <laughs> we have uh, built that through the years. And it's so cool that our kids do want to be there and they, and they bring their kids. And uh, we do. We love hanging out together. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a, not a common thing that we get to do, but it sure is a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, my kids are my best friends, and yeah. Talk about that balance a little bit when your kids were, let's say, teenagers, mm-hmm. okay? Because you're trying to, I know a lot of parents listening to this right now are thinking, I gotta maintain the friendship. Yeah. And so with that often goes away the boundaries. Right. Um, how'd you balance, you know, grace and truth, yeah. uh, boundaries and freedom and all of that? Yeah, you know, the, the grace and truth thing is really important. Uh, I mean, you, you know, I always thought like, you know, uh, truth without love or truth without grace is brutal. Yeah. You just always, always about truth. That's kind of brutal. You got to wrap it in grace. Right. But grace without truth really, really isn't grace. Really isn't love. Yeah. You know, so you have to love people enough to tell the truth and hold them to a standard and accountability, but also love them. Right. They got to know, Dad still likes me. Right. He thinks I'm awesome. Yeah. I screwed up, or I, you know, went past that boundary, but. 
there's no doubt in my mind that he likes me and loves me and wants to be with me. Right. And so really tried hard to do that, and Debbie as well, to, mm. to make sure that we, we set clear boundaries for our kids. I'd heard a long time ago, again, when I was a young dad, because uh, uh, I was doing student ministry too, so I wanted to learn everything I could about adolescence right. and stuff. I heard a guy say one time that the research shows that the kids, the kids that turn out the best I know that's relative the best, sure. But I mean, with the least behavior problems, and they're they're not you know uh, doing stuff you know that's that's derailing their life. Uh, our kids that have high love and high limits, mm. you know, uh, kids that have high love but low limits, it's just that grace without truth type of thing. Right. They 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 struggle without the boundaries. Right. And then kids that have you know really authoritarian mm-hmm. parents, a little love but a lot of truth. Right. They they kind of grow up with a lot of resentment as soon as they're out they're never coming back so the the high love and high limits of here here's 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 the expectation for the kind of person that god wants you to be and the kind of person that you just need to be for your own your own sanity and your own well-being and the kind of life that jesus said he came to give us just be that kind of person it's the best way to live and when you're not that kind of person as as a parent who really likes you as a friend yeah is going to come alongside and say, "Hey, that's just unacceptable." And here's the consequences for doing that. And and how can I help you get better at this? Mm-hmm. So I think we did a pretty fair balance of that. I'm I'm really proud of our kids. They uh, they're good people. They're uh-huh. really good people who are raising really good kids. It's, right. it's, it's fun to see. Oh, that's great. Well, we could talk for hours about that, but uh, <laughs> you've been talking for hours today, so I'm going to let you go. So want to end with a couple questions, and I'm stealing this from another podcast that I've heard, All but. Right. Uh, two questions. Okay. Uh, the first one is, what's an app you're using right now that you use a lot or really enjoy? Well, in fact, I was just telling somebody about this app. Um, I use I use an app called Speech Prompter uh, oh, to do my manuscript stuff in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm the kind of guy I can tell a lot of stories, as you know. You've known me forever. I could get up and just talk and just ramble and ramble like I'm doing right now, actually. And um, uh, but but to honor the volunteers that work in our churches that are doing like you know graphics and videos and stuff right. like that I want to make sure that they know where I'm going right and I want to make sure I know where I'm going so I, I manuscript because I want to write well I want to say things mm-hmm. well um, so I take that manuscript and I, and I email it to myself and then I download it in this app called speech prompter and I put it on my iPad and because uh, the older I'm getting the blinder I am with looking at scripture stuff <laughs> I, I crank it. I crank the font up on my iPad. I can see it. It's bright. I can read scripture off my iPad. And it's cool because it can just scroll. And I can stop it and start it. And I don't have to write out everything. But, yeah. uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a really good app that I use. That's funny you say that because I've been privileged to read some of your manuscripts for the past, goodness, 20 years. Yeah. And having watched the font size get bigger and bigger <laughs> every time it comes my oh, way. Oh, man. And the, the thick black aerial, whatever it's the Aerial black. That's right. I'm 32. I, I don't know. It, just keeps it was getting to the point, man, where I, I couldn't. I got LASIK surgery, so I could I could see. I never could see far away. Mm-hmm. And I wore contacts and glasses for years, and I got LASIK. Some guy let me do it, and, and uh, I could see far away. I could read license plates off of cars three miles away, man. It was awesome. But my up-close vision started getting worse. Oh. So I would put my notes on like a music stand. And every week it seemed like the music stand was getting lower and lower so I could read it. And people would come up to me and go, dude, I thought you were like 6'8". You go, what? You say, yeah, you tower over that music so stand. No, I just can't see. So, so I started using the iPad app so I could see it better. And uh, it's, it's worked out great for me, man. That's great. Yeah. 
Okay, last one. Uh, give us a book recommendation, something you've been reading. I know you just mentioned Brene Brown, but uh, anybody else that you've been reading that you just highly recommend? Yeah, I've read a couple of books lately. One is, uh, I want to say is James Bryan Smith, oh, maybe. Yeah. is that the one? It's a great and beautiful guide. Yep. It's a really good book. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, for me, I guess the reason I gravitated toward it and liked it so much is because... Um, that's what needed to happen with me when I was a when I was a teenager. I needed to see God in a different light. I thought he was, mm-hmm. I thought he was ticked at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was mad at me, disgusted, disappointed, all that stuff. Um, so any writing like that just helps me get back on track. No, God, God's for me. He loves mm-hmm. me. He's just He's just the lover of my soul. I better read Brendan Manning's book Abba's Child, mm-hmm. you know, four times, yeah. and uh, really changed my perspective of who God was and how He saw me. Mm-hmm. Other, other book I just finished was a little book called Restless. Hmm. And uh, I can't think of the author's name. She's, uh, oh man, I can't. I hate to recommend a book and not give you the author's yeah. name. But it's a book called Restless. It's kind of, a, it's more of like a Bible study for women, but mm-hmm. it's a great, great mm-hmm. read. I just love, love the way she writes. and mm-hmm. uh, Helps you lot, pick out pillows. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, she does. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, really uh, insightful stuff. So that, that was a good book too, Restless. That's, That's great. The two most recent anyway. All right, well, I sure appreciate your time. Thanks for all yeah. you do for real life yeah. and for Thank so many man. others. So we enjoyed it. Love it. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a moment, we'd love for you to go to iTunes and write a review and share this with your friends on social media and just by word of mouth. It's been great to have you here. We'll see you next month.